Producer Roll Coleman, we're back. It's been it's been a few weeks. Nice to see you again. Yeah, it's about time we've been back. And uh, we've been preempted by some football games, right? Like Rutgers in Maryland or something like that. Anyway, uh, from 1030 to 11, we've got uh, author Tom and photographer and artist Tom Palazzolo with uh, Don DeSante on a fantastic new book called Clark Street. We're going to talk about that. And our first guest, he's been so patient because we've had to bump him a couple times because of these uh, these uh, programming conflicts. Brett Baker, are you on there, Brett? Yeah, I'm on. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? How you doing, Brett? Thanks for being patient with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I met Brett while we were down in Springfield, Missouri this summer at the, the Queen City Shout. And I, well, you, you were doing sound at a venue, right? Uh, what was the venue? I, I was, yeah. Uh, Queen City Shout, they had uh, about 90, 90 different artists on one street uh, down here in Springfield. Um, Springfield is just an amazing uh, local music scene. And I was really happy to uh, to to hook up with uh, Eddie Gamusio and to be able to run run sound for all for a lot of these shows. About a third of them is is what I ran sound for. And what was the venue? It was an old gas station or something, right? Uh, well, uh, an old gas station turned into uh, White River Brewery. That was what it was, yeah. And yeah, and there at White River, um, they've got two amazing stages: one in the back, one in the front. And uh, I've just been lucky enough to have known everybody who's basically owned and ran and operated that that venue. Um, And I was able to offer my services to make sure that we get the best sound uh, for the for the bands. 33 bands of the 90 shows that went on, 33 bands of them. Uh, we're, we're able to, to work at White River. Eddie does a great job. Um, you know, we were down there for our documentary, and uh, we, Eddie hosted us um, for a couple screenings. So um, he's he's fantastic, and all the money goes to local charities and stuff like that. So you and I get to start talking, and here's why you're on the radio. You developed an adaptive guitar for Stroke Survivor. I think this is just a fantastic initiative, what you did. So let's go step by step. Let's talk about your grandfather, who kind of inspired this guitar for Stroke Survivors. Yeah, well, um, when I first got into music, I I kind of look at it as as this this weird progression that, that... my grandfather and all of my my uncles and cousins and everyone growing up played some sort of musical instrument and we would have these these family get-togethers that were a- almost like listening to uh to to a radio program you would just get together and somebody would start playing some instrument at some point and it was really uplifting. And was this around? Uh, what, was this around Missouri? I, I read in the background your your grandfather was from Fairgrove, Missouri. No, no, my grandfather is actually from Albuquerque, New oh, Mexico. Oh, okay, okay. And and so this was in the back hills of of Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, in the East Mountains, uh, in in the Tejeres Mountains. And what was really awesome about it was that you were included, no matter what kind of musician you were. And I love the fact that that even though when I was in school, I played wind instruments, saxophone and tuba and clarinet and and all these. They they didn't bat an eye about including, you know, a, a sax player, 
while they were while they were playing their good mountain music. Um, and it was incredible. So he he actually suffered from a stroke when I think I was 16 years old or 17 years old when he had his first stroke. And how, what year was this? And when was this? Th- this would have been uh, uh, right around 1996 or 97, okay. I think. Uh, maybe 98. I've, uh, I'll, I'll have to, to, to kind of rethink it. But, no worries. Um, when he suffered his first stroke he gave me his guitar because he could no longer play it. Um, he suffered from a stroke that, that most people do because of the way the anatomy works, uh, the stroke affects the left side of your body. For most guitar players, the left side of your body is the one that handles the, the, uh, 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 the chord progression. Mm-hmm. And that left arm, that the, it handles all of your moving up and down, uh, up and down the guitar. So when he gives me his guitar, he, he says, hey, just play the guitar. You know, if, if you'd like to have it, I would really like to have you uh, to continue playing and so I did. Well, it took about 15 years for me to realize that playing music was such an important part of my grandfather's life that he really needed to have some music or some guitar or something to be able to get him through his everyday, you know, just everyday life. It's, it's quality of life when you're playing the guitar. Um, so what I did was I came up with this system, this, uh, new guitar, a tabletop guitar, a guitar that sits in front of you with a handle on it. And in my head, I just put together this system that hopefully could allow him to regain, you know, playing at least for a small amount, some tiny amount of playing, some, uh, you know, some sort of of oh, he could play with uh, with uh, okay. songs on the radio. He could play with anything. Okay, hold hold that thought. We got to do a spot here, and then we'll come back and pick that up and talk about where it's at right now. So don't go away, okay, no Brett? Okay, Brett Baker and his uh, Lolo guitar after this on WGN. And Brett, you there? Yes, sir. Okay, thanks. Uh, we're on with Brett Baker out in Springfield, Missouri, and we're talking about uh, the Lolo guitar that. Uh, you advise for stroke victims. So, what? I, before we continue the story, what kind of guitar did he give you? Uh, he gave me a, uh, a Martin guitar that he actually, uh, a friend of his had purchased from the Philippines. Um, I've got some family in the Philippines. And so he gave me a CF Martin guitar built in Japan that was sold in the Philippines. <laughs> wow. And Lolo is Philippine for grandfather. Is that right? Correct. Okay. That, that's right. My uh, my Filipino cousins started calling uh, my granny and Lolo, uh, well, Lolo and Lola, but my sister, uh, she only took Lolo. That was the, the only thing. Granny was granny, and Lolo was Lolo. That, that was the way it worked. <laughs> so 2017, he's getting less cooperative with the therapists. Uh, you were saying his Correct. best days revolved around music, and you were just figuring, I think this is a great line, you said, how can I give him the music back? So you start, you start putting this thing together. You start building the body in, his, in your grandfather's room? 
Yeah, well, my my mom actually, uh, my mom Twyla McComb. Uh, hi, mom. I love you. I know she's listening. Um, she actually talked to me about how the days that she spent with Lolo and they revolved around music had such a huge effect on not only his mental faculties and and uh but his daily routine and all of that when they would put on you know she could talk to him again and really bring up all of the old memories and i thought that it was amazing that that music could do that so i started to think that maybe if i could introduce music to him again we you know it it, it would be something that would help him actually grow because he was kind of uh mean to his therapist he was a you know, cause the old man that knew what he needed to do and picking up a bunch of cups was not what he wanted to do. He, uh-huh. did, he didn't want to do the norm, the normal therapy. So I started to develop this idea. Um, when I put it together, I knew that he was kind of at the, the, the end of life stage, but I, uh, I went back out to New Mexico sat there on his bed and he helped me kind of build the first body of the guitar there with him uh the last week that that he was alive uh, unfortunately i didn't finish the guitar before you passed away he passed away uh he passed away two days before you put on the first string that's correct yeah uh, i was i was just getting ready to, to put on the strings and he passed away and we had his service. Um, and I have to admit that I put the idea on a shelf, uh, came back to Missouri, went about my daily life like we do, uh, like everybody does and kind of put it on the back burner for about six months. And then one day, I uh, was going through different jobs and decided that this is something that needed to happen, that maybe maybe if I couldn't give it to my grandfather, that maybe I could help somebody else. Maybe there's one other person out there or two other people that this could possibly help. So I reached out to Drury University and I reached out to MSU here locally, uh, Missouri State, and just asked the doctors and said, hey, do you think that this has something, you know, is there any validity to this idea that maybe music could help dementia patients or stroke patients or um, people with ataxia or, uh, you know, anybody who maybe has been, uh, has had an, an amputation, um, any of those things, can this help? What do you think? And surprisingly, after about a couple of months, they, they got back to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, did you get some, are, are they looking for grants? Did you get some grants? In the time we have left, I want to tell the listeners, where does this stand right now? Do you have a finished product? We'll, we'll link uh, on our podcast, we'll link people up to how they can follow your, your, your journey on this. But where does it stand right now? Um, where it stands right now is the, uh, the grants committee uh, at Missouri State has awarded the faculty uh, the McQuarrie College of Health and Human Services. They've awarded them a grant to learn more about the effect of learning to play an adaptive guitar on upper extremity function and motivation in individuals following a cerebrovascular accident. Long, long sentence, long title. What it means 
is that we now have some funding from the university that they believe that this is a, a very valid argument and they think that um, we're going to push forward. They're going to buy five instruments uh, for me, purchase five instruments. We're going to build them and train their entire staff on how to put it through uh, to make sure that um, we've got a great case study to show that music just has an incredible ability to help people through whatever affliction that they're oh, going yeah. through. Oh, yeah. Well, I went through it with my uh, my parents, and my mom especially. She had a little bit of dementia, and, boy, we'd play those old Frank Sinatra songs, and it just took her to another place. It was We've done they segments snap, on the show. They? I mean, it's almost yeah. like coming out of out of the water. Yeah, right. You, you, your head breaks the surface, and all of a sudden they snap, and you can see the clarity in their eyes. Music is music is so, so important. Um, so you have some done. Uh, give us all the information. How people can, uh, a website. Um, did you do a Kickstarter or not? We did. Uh, we just had a Kickstarter campaign. Unfortunately, it wasn't fully funded, but it was kind of a sky to the eye uh, deal. If you go to um, uh, Behold the Lolo on Facebook or BeholdTheLolo.SimpleSite.com, um, everything is kind of wrapped around the whole Behold the Lolo. Look at this instrument. Look at this thing that can happen. And uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me and talk about adaptive instruments, now this doesn't have to be stringed instruments. It can be woodwinds. It can be anything that they're looking for. Uh, please go to the website or find me on Facebook, you know, Brett Baker, Behold the Lolo, any way that they want to. And we're going to find a way to make sure that your loved, lo- your loved ones can finally get their music back and be able to play again. It is such a great idea. When I met you this summer, I mean, nobody has done this, uh, right? You're the first person to do something like this. Well, it seems strange to me yeah. that that there's a vacuum of, of uh, this idea. It doesn't seem like it should be one person that has come up with an idea that takes it through. It seems like there should have been... 15 or 20 other companies still doing this. Um, but when it comes to stringed instruments, I really, I looked it up. I hold, I hold the patent now on, on uh, this particular guitar. And what, what is so crazy is that I honestly believe that this has been something that has needed to happen for so many years and it hasn't. And why the heck hasn't it? Like, why am I the person that's put out here to make this work, it it's really mind-boggling. <laughs> well, you know, Brett, there's a lot of rock and roll musicians of a certain age who who may find this useful down the road. <laughs> you know, I you know I've I've uh, I've contacted a lot of them. I've also yeah. been in contact with uh, facilities uh, overseas and and people who are saying that oh my god, if I could just you know Randy Travis. Oh yeah, that's a good point, a Randy Travis. Yeah. And, Right, and can't and can't play the guitar anymore. And I'm like, hey, Randy, play one of my guitars. You know, you, it would be really easy for you to get back in uh, into the scene and just go ahead and play it if you know if you'd like to. Uh, anybody can. It's good for kids. It's a great guitar for for somebody who's trying to learn how to play. I'm not going to go into all of the uh, uh, neurological. Uh, research that we've done over the past six months, but there, this we've developed a great system for anybody who just wants 
to put some music into the hands of, of somebody who needs it. Well, thank you so much, Brett. Um, Brett Baker, it's such a great idea. The Lolo Project. Um, why don't you come back maybe in a couple months? We'll do an update, a little status report on how things are going. Absolutely. Okay. I'd be happy to, Dave. I really appreciate you. And thanks for hanging out with us and being patient with us. And uh, good luck on this. It's such a great idea. Thank you so much. You guys have a great night. Thank you, Brett. And we'll be back with uh, more after the news on WGN. Every parent wants what's best for their children. My favorite colors are purple, green, and blue. Great schools, a safe environment with room to grow and play. Consider Oak Forest, just 30 minutes south of the Loop on I-57. Featuring Blue Ribbon Schools, this family-friendly community represents one of the area's most affordable and diverse neighborhoods. Oak Forest is a place you'll want to call home. Tucked away in scenic forest preserves, this is the ideal environment for those who enjoy the outdoors. Featuring 20 neighborhood parks, top-notch golf courses, and a wide range of leisure programs, Oak Forest is the perfect setting for those who cherish connecting with neighbors and living a healthy lifestyle. Plus, with easy access to both metro and interstate highways, residents are never far from the heart of Chicago's loop. Live the life you imagined in Oak Forest. Oak Forest, all good things close to home. Visit livingoakforest.com. Have you ever thought about saying goodbye to your job, just walking into your boss and saying, I quit? And how would you like to commute to work without ever leaving your home? Well, not long ago, a 39-year-old entrepreneur from a billionaire family spent $20 million in three years to find the best home-based business in North America. He researched 70 different companies, and when he found the only one that had real long-term potential, he bought it. And right now, he's looking for people to help him turn this company into his next billion-dollar success story. So if you're serious about making money from home without having to leave your home, well, grab a pen. Because I'm about to give you the address of a website where you can learn all about this unique and rare opportunity. Write this down, www.goherenext.com. Now get on your computer and go to this site now. Part-time or full-time, your income is based totally on your performance. Interested? GoHereNext.com and say goodbye to your boss tomorrow. GoHereNext.com Cloudy skies, 44 degrees at 1030. Good evening. I'm David Jennings. The news sponsored by the Joint Relief Institute. Chicago police say six people, including two babies and two police officers, were hurt when their vehicles were hit by a black BMW on South Lakeshore Drive this evening that didn't bother to stop. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos is forgiving more than 1,500 student loans may involve two for-profit art institutes in Colorado and Illinois, as well as loans taken out after June of last year from 24 other schools owned by the Dream Center. Police in Mount Prospect are trying to find 83-year-old Raymond Abbott. He was last seen this afternoon in the 1700 block of Benita Avenue. He drives a red 2017 Ford Escape. Police say he has a condition that puts him in danger. The vehicle's plates ZZ78330. Sports, traffic, and weather next on WGN. Time to stock up and save on all your favorite 
favorite jockey underwear during Macy's Friends and Family Sale, now through November 11th. Enjoy 30% off savings on everything jockey. Save 30% off on jockey men's like top-rated t-shirts featuring Stay Cool Plus and Stay New Technology. Save 30% off on jockey women's tops and underwear like three packs of customer favorite 100% cotton Alance panties. Only at Macy's during the Friends and Family Sale, now through November 11th. Jockey, the original American underwear brand since 1876. Exclusions by... From her windswept beaches to the top of the majestic Piton Mountains, St. Lucia inspires you like no other place. Escape to a paradise and bask in the warm sun while indulging in your heart's every desire. Delight your taste buds with fresh farm and sea-to-table cuisine. Explore your adventurous side with a hike through the rainforest for a photo op that is beyond compare. Visit stlucia.org for winter specials on non-stop flights from O'Hare International on United. Hi, my name is Tamara Roberts. My husband and I are proud blood donors because we realize how important it is to give back to families like ours. When our daughter, Mariah, was three days old, she was diagnosed with sickle cell disease, a blood disorder that affects predominantly African Americans. This disease can cause terrible pain crises with time, lead to organ damage, and shorten lifespan. Our daughter has received blood transfusions to help ease her pain, but many other sickle cell patients will need blood transfusions weekly in order to live a normal life. It's because of blood donors like you and me, along with the innovative research being done at Versity Blood Research Institute, that Mariah has been given a chance to living a healthy, normal childhood. I challenge you today to donate blood or host a blood drive to help families like ours. To learn more and to make your appointment, visit Versity.org. That is V-E-R-S-I-T-I.org. Thanks for saving my life. A beacon of hope, a beacon of hope, a beacon of hope. WGN Sports Northwestern. They took the field against Purdue today. They lost 24-22. The Blackhawks in Pittsburgh. Penguins beat him in a shootout, the final 3-2. Hawks will host Toronto tomorrow night, pregame with Chris Bowden at 5.30, 6 o'clock. Face-off with John Wideman and Troy Murray on 720 WGN and WGNRadio.com. College football, the Illini over Michigan State, 37-34. Wisconsin beat Iowa. Notre Dame, 38-7 over Duke. Minnesota over Penn State by 5. Houston took care of the Bulls, 117-94. College hoops. Notre Dame knocked off Robert Morris in Northern Iowa over Northern Illinois by 10. WGN traffic. No major problems on the area's expressways and tollways. For personalized traffic on demand, get the traffic's Chicago app. Approved by the mortgage experts of Team Hawkberg. Just search T-R-A-F-F-I-X Chicago. The forecast from the WGN Chicago Weather Center, partly cloudy tonight, below down to the mid-30s, mostly cloudy tomorrow, chance of a sprinkle or two in the low 40s with a daytime high, cloudy with a chance of rain or snow, changing to all snow tomorrow night, down to 30, mostly cloudy and windy snow with accumulation expected on Monday, the high just into the middle 20s. It is cloudy in 44 at O'Hare, 45 midway, the same in Gary, barometer steady at 2991 and it's 46 now at the lakefront i'm david jennings on chicago's very own 720 wgn welcome back to nocturnal journal on uh, wgn roe coleman we were talking if we were still doing music bumps which we're not allowed to do anymore we would have played walk on the wild side tom that would have been a good intro uh, a good intro for our next guests our friend uh, Tom Palazzolo, you've been on the show before, uh-huh. and uh, artist, 
photographer, painter. I've got one of your uh, paintings. Grandfather <laughs> and um, dog walker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also have Don DeSante, and they collaborated on a fantastic, it just came out, a new book called Clark Street. And it's a photo book with a couple little essays and stuff. So talk about Clark Street. You live there, North Clark Street. You live there in... 1962 to 1972, Tom. About that that time, I, uh, the, I was a student at the Art Institute studying photography and uh, looking for a cheap a, a place to live and a place that w- that I could walk to all the way to school. Uh, and uh, luckily, a friend of mine actually found the apartment, and uh, I convinced him that I should help him pay the rent by moving in and. Uh, uh, so I did that. The, the apartment was uh, right off on Hubbard Street, just just a few doors uh, um, west of uh, Clark Street. One sixteen West Hubbard. Yeah, that's oh I man, that's right. <laughs> um, I've even forgot the. For somebody driving around who's not familiar with Chicago, I mean, I I, I came in I came in that neighborhood probably. Hung around there in seventy two, seventy three. Went to I went to some of the places, a couple places in the book. I didn't go to the burlesque house. We'll get oh. into that. <laughs> but you, um, sure? <laughs> you know, coffee shops, taverns, used bookstores. Talk about what that neighborhood was like and why you decided to photograph it. Um, you know, it, I I actually the, when I first got to Chicago, I, I lived in Hyde Park, which was pleasant, but. A, a little uninteresting, at least for a photographer, and so I I, I got there, and uh, it just seemed like the place looked like it was from the '30s, and uh, a lot of interesting people, characters, like you say, coffee shops, no Starbucks uh, then, uh, <laughs> uh, thank God, and uh, so so it was colorful, and and that's what drew me to it, and. Uh, and a little bit sad, and I knew a little bit about the history of photography, and uh, there are famous uh, photographers that I admired. One is Robert Frank, as his name did a, a, right. a book called The American. Just passed from, right? Uh, and uh, yeah. so I had I had access to that, and uh, uh, and I I I thought the place would be make an interesting series, and. Uh, uh, now I wish I'd shot more and go, uh, there, so we could have a a, a big uh, a bigger book. No, it, it's fine. Joe Don did a great job of. Uh, he printed all the pictures from my negatives. Uh, very labor intensive it is too, and and he did the layout for the book and. Um, and he did a, a fine job. I, I'm really happy with it. It's a very handsome book. Isn't it? Nice. How many photos all told in the book? There's 87. 87 photos? 87 photographs. Was there an editing process? Did you choose 87 out of X amount? Well, um, we used the majority of them. Um, oh. Yeah, we definitely left some out, but um, basically, just to, to, to basically tell the story, there is sort of a sequence to the photos, a chronology. Um, just to show you how that even within that time frame um, the neighborhood really did take a, a turn for the worse uh, you know a, a boarded up house a boarded up facade a storefront uh, where a year before there was a, a restaurant or a diner um, why did it take a turn for the worse um, well what I've what I found is a lot of building codes um, in the 60s. A lot of the um, the, sing, the transient hotels um, 
uh, had code violations and they're forced to close. And I'm, I'm assuming that once they closed, people left and the, some of the businesses had to shut down. Uh, I'm sure there are other reasons, um, economic reasons. Um, I'm, I'm not that familiar with the time period. Um, but. Uh, I, I, uh, you knew things were going bad uh, when they when the McDonald's opened uh, on the street. They tore down some of the old buildings and put a McDonald's. When was that? Uh, and I think that was about 1970 on mm. there, if I remember correctly. I think mm. it was then. God, it's were so you long. safe there? Were you were you safe there? Were you okay? I mean, did you ever get in any trouble with street people or anything? You know, people were so down. I, yeah, I think I was safe. Although there were, I saw a couple incidents of people drunk and uh, fighting and so forth. But I, I, um, uh, yeah, but uh, but actually, I got married in '68, and uh, Marcia and I moved moved into that apartment, and we we, we had a child, the first our, our daughter Sarah. And she mentioned to me, uh, because I don't think very far in advance, that there are no schools there, and it wasn't exactly a great place to raise uh, a kid. Uh, uh, so I, <laughs> I had to move to Oak Park, which is nice, but not interesting or well, scary. Well, it's not Clark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, 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 how do you define it? it? was like eight blocks from like the Chicago River north to Chicago Avenue. Is that yeah, kind of where you cover yeah, in the book? Uh, I would define the Clark Street area as just north of the river to the south, I mean, and then south of uh, Chicago Avenue. So that's about seven, eight blocks. And so, so you say Clark Street, and that's what uh, I'm assuming people think of. What was your day like when you would do this? Did you do the shooting every day? Did you do it on the weekends? Give me a little, like, what you remember about your routine, or did you just do it whims- you know, just whenever you felt like I, I think uh, pretty much whenever I, uh, I could. I I was, you know, picking up part-time jobs. Uh, the Art Institute had a, a, an office where they people would call and ask for a mural or something. And so, uh, to support myself, I had to do. Uh, um, uh, I had to uh, get out there and uh, and and find this, you know, work. Uh, but so pretty much whenever I had a had a chance, or uh, I would I would go out there. I would, you know, also to get out of the house, uh, this old house, place I lived in had a radiator, and during the colder months, <laughs> it would clang all uh, all the time, and it would drive me crazy. Finally, someone came over and said, all you need is a little key, and you bleed the, uh, and, it, and it stopped after, this was after years of, of uh, having that thing, so just to get away from the clanging, I would, I would do that. You um you didn't have a lot of money back then. Oh no no. And I read in the notes in the book that you said that, that you said you felt kinship. There was a uh, you felt the kinship with the poverty you saw on the street. Elaborate on that. You know I I uh, yeah well because I was living hand to mouth then uh, I I did feel a certain affinity to to the people there and uh, um, uh, so I could relate to them and and uh, it and. I felt at ease talking to them and making friends with them, um, and and that that 
you know, helped a lot in shooting. All, all the people in the book, I ask for permission. Some of them I knew, and uh, there's a woman in there who worked in the Greasy Spoon there, a hot dog stand. And uh, I can't believe I ate. Uh, they're all, you know, uh, I, I don't think I had a healthy meal all through the 60s. All right, but more grease uh, into my stomach. Well, it was a different, I mean, uh, photography is trust. When you're shooting subjects, you know, you have uh, a subject has to trust you. Right. And it's, it was certainly a different time where now everybody's taking pictures of everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and, and right. I, so I, I, you really had to earn the trust. Right. I right. really think some of the, the nicest photos in the book are are the photos of people that actually stopped and posed for the photos yeah. that actually presented there's themselves a, the way they wanted to be presented. I mean, there's some really down and out people. I, I don't want to, you know, we're doing radio, yeah. but there's a there's a there's that a man who looks like he's like out of the Dust Bowl or something. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me. I know you, Tom. I've known you for a long time. Uh, okay, we're gonna take a break. Okay, and I want to ask this big, okay. heavy question <laughs> after the break. So don't go away. We're talking about Clark Street. It's a fantastic new book uh, by Tom Palazzolo. So don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. This is the year. You have to approach it with a, a certain fervor because you may never get this chance again. These kids, they don't know it. That is for the head coach to preach it to them, and you can tell by the way they're playing. They don't get it. The Kenobi Show Cars tomorrow at three after Bears Lions, sponsored by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com on 720 WGN. Hi, I'm Dr. Bal Nandra from Ivy Solution and Ketamine Centers of Chicago. My clinic uses ketamine to conquer chronic pain, migraines, and fibromyalgia. Ketamine treatments from my clinic could reduce or even eliminate your need for addictive pain medication. Here's pro football star and my patient, Jerry Zuma, who suffered for years from devastating migraines, describing how ketamine from Ivy Solution changed his life. I had a history of migraines, played in the NFL, and then I got hurt. Herniated disc, C4, C5, and then C5, C6 the second time. And that was a sign for me to go ahead and uh, finish out my uh, NFL career. Once that started to happen, I started getting more and more migraines. I talked to Dr. Bao a little bit about ketamine and decided to take a leap and it's helped me tremendously. It's time you conquer your migraines and chronic pain. Call for your free consultation in Chicago or Kansas City, 844-9-IV-MEDS. That's 844-948-6337. Or visit ketaminechicago.com, K-E-T-A-M-I-N-E, chicago.com. The house was new when we moved in. Everything that's gone wrong with it is our fault. <laughs> we are talking today with mega customer Sue Dwyer of Lake Villa. Having heard the advertisement and then having had bad luck with a couple of different contractors, I was trying to think who to get to do these projects that I'd been putting off. A little birdie kind of hit me in the head one day and said, you heard those advertisements about mega pros, why don't you give them a shot? So I did, and I was very, very happy. Because our project was fairly small, and, and the one thing that we liked about what Megan told us in the beginning was no project is too big or too small. You know, it's, we'll get it done for you. The experience that we had with Mega was just phenomenal. One Mega call does it all. 847-658-8989. 847-658-8989. Megapros.com. One Mega call does it all. 
Attention investors, tired of stock market doldrums, not earning cash flow of 18 to 21 percent targeted consistently, want to plan around future recessions by being the landlord? National Realty's Class A Buildings Fund is made up of prime income producing real estate. You're secured on large apartment buildings. You're backed by $750 million of high quality new construction. You receive monthly electronic cash flow payments. You're diversified with 15 large buildings supporting your money. These prime building locations back you with hard money making assets. Remember, no matter what type of market, it's always a landlord's market. Call now for your free guide to secured realty investment wealth. Just call now for cash flow or IRA retirement asset investment. Our 13-year flawless track record and 900 repeat investors proves it. Call 201-210-2727. That's 201-210-2727. An offer to buy or sell any security is only made by our private placement memorandum. Read it first and invest wisely. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. National is a real estate development firm. See us at NRIA. Welcome back uh, to Nocturnal Journal. We should have the microphones on for that. That was fun. So I was going to ask you, uh, we've got Tom Palazzolo and Don DeSante with this great new book, Clark Street. Um, so we were talking about trust, and Don, maybe you can talk about this with Tom. I've, I've known you for a long time, Tom. Ooh, yeah. And we're talking about how you felt kinship and you earned the trust of these people, but you have um, a very kind and very and this kind of is what we were just talking about, empathetic soul. And empathy is so rare today. And it's, I, you just seem like when you were doing this, you'd be a very, you were a younger man. I didn't know you was a younger man, but you'd be very approachable, very open, and open the heart to your subject without prejudice. I, I, That's laying a lot on you, but do you, do, do you well, see that in your work? Uh, pardon? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, well, you know what, yeah. how it works, you know, uh, what my development kind of springs from my growing up in St. Louis. I didn't get here till 1960. And in St. Louis, well, I would, you know, as a child, I'd go with my mother shopping or something, and she would talk to everyone at the bus stop. She, uh, so it's sort of ingrained in me that you talk to, you know, it's easy to talk to people. I didn't find that so much in Chicago, but I, I brought that sensibility from St. Louis, uh, talking to people and trying to make them at ease. And I mean, uh, Don, you can amplify this, but he almost has a childlike nature to yeah, him. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's one thing I think yeah. that really sets the book apart from other books on street photography is that um, it's it's much more intimate. There's um, Tom's proximity to the neighborhood. He lived in the neighborhood. These are people that he would see quite often. Some of them he knew. So I think the, that really. Um, stands apart from other books uh, on street photography. And uh, the book itself, too, I, I conceived it as a, a, a standalone book of street photography, a, a personal collection of Tom's work. Um, I didn't want it to be thought of as an illustrated history of Clark Street. Yeah. Um, but that said, the two essays in the book really nail, um, really center. Warren Lemming and the other one uh, is by. Warren Lemming and James Iska. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They really center the uh, Clark Street area, uh, both historically and, uh, well, geographically. They really place, you really, so much, so much of life and history of Chicago emanated from that little strip of the city. You know, right after the, the fire, a lot of those buildings were built. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a there's lot of colorful lot. history. How did you two first collaborate? Well, I um, I met I met uh, Tom through our mutual friend who we all know, Joe Brill. <laughs> Joe Brill. And um, I had very familiar with his movies uh, ever since I've 
lived in Chicago. Tom's I, I, movies, yeah. Tom's mm-hmm. movies, yeah. yeah. And I only saw um, the movie Down Clark Street a few years ago, and that was made 20 years ago. But in that movie, he revisits uh, the Clark Street area where he lived throughout the 60s just to show us how it had changed from then to now. And, and in the movie, he used a lot of his photographs and a lot of film footage. And that's what inspired me to do the book. I saw a lot of these photographs, and I approached him, and I said, yeah, I'd like to see more photographs, and uh, maybe, maybe this would make a nice book. And he gave me a notebook, a couple notebooks of his negatives, and we uh, dusted them off, literally, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I began to scan them, and uh, we, we got this book. It's been a, we're, you've been working on it for a long time. I've been hearing about it for yeah, a long time. Yeah, off and on for a, for a few years. How, yeah. how many years? Well, I hate to say it, but three. I, I remember starting to scan watching the uh, presidential <laughs> election, and it was a very sad day <laughs> to begin a project. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah. but that's how I know it's been exactly three years yeah. since since we just started it. But we work it on and off. It hasn't been consecutive work on. And how can people find the book? Well, we're trying to get it out um, to more stores right now. It's available at the book table in Oak Park, and it's also available at the bookseller in Lincoln Square. And again, we hope you hope to to get it out that's that's another project into itself yeah, getting right. it on to, into bookstores it's, it's it, a, basically a self-published book it, so we don't have distribution uh, and um uh, but we, without we have a publisher right too yeah um, it's hard to a lot of high interest in chicago anyone interested in history or 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 um uh, photography <laughs> i think would would really get yeah it. i was going to ask you that was a question i asked about during the break is uh, uh who would be interested in this if they don't know that much about clark street so I mean, as a general, yeah, well, su- general yeah, subject. Again, again yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't want it to come across as an illustrated history of Clark Street. I just, I wanted people who were interested in photography or street photography. Um, these are all vintage photos, of course. So then, I mean, most of them were taken over 50 years ago, close to 60 years ago. Um, anybody with an interest in photography, I think, would would um, really find something in this book. I'm going to do some bullet things here in the time we have left. It brought back memories. Uh-huh. One of these places I was in. Wow. But Ireland's. I'd forgotten about Ireland's. Ah, right. Tell the listeners about Ireland's with the with the seafood and then the uh, bowl of clam chowder. And uh, that's right. It it, uh, it it was an upscale restaurant and uh, which I couldn't afford. But they had a little side room for people like me where you could pay fifty cents and get a wonderful bowl of clam chowder. I went there a couple times, uh, uh, and uh, so the, the, it was nice there. I, I didn't there. I could also eat if I wanted to uh, at the uh, mission, the whatever it's called there, the Sunny Home Mission uh, uh, Christian. Sunshine. Ah, okay, the sun. So, but I would have had to sit for an hour and listen to a. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 but they wouldn't le- feed you unless you sat there and listened to the, the sermon. The Playhouse Burlesque House. Oh. I never was in there. You weren't? No. Come on. No, Tell I didn't. The tr- no. <laughs> I went in, in there. In 62, I would have been seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was around in the 70s. Yeah, yeah I right. Think it made yeah. It, so. You know, I, I was curious, yeah. and uh, I've always been curious. About, well, since 13, I've been curious. But so. you have a couple photos from there. Oh, yes. Now, I, that wouldn't happen today. You can go into the Admiral and start taking pictures. <laughs> I guess not. I haven't been to the Admiral, uh, that I remember. I, I went there to see Stormy Daniels. 
Anyway, that's another show. But that's another subject. My earliest memories of, of Clark Street is in the late 70s going to O'Banion's, a punk rock. Oh, I, yeah, Rick, yeah, right. Yeah. That bar has uh, a lot of history, a lot of history. You can see it in one of the photographs. Yeah. I mean, not the, it wasn't that, it wasn't, uh, um, you know, uh, it's in the background. Uh, there's O'Banion's, a picture of yeah. two, yeah. two people. Yeah. Now, one place I was at was this ABCU's bookstore. Wasn't that a great place? Yeah, talk huh? about that. You know, it was it was terrific. Uh, and it was right across the kitty corner from where I was living. And uh, it, it had all kinds of things, old photographs that people, I think it was basically it was a sort of dumping ground for for um, people who had passed away and their, their family gave the bookstore all these used books. And they had this big stove, this wood-burning stove. And they would throw, you know, wood in there and the sparks would fly and there's all this uh, paperbacks uh, all around it. And uh, it's amazing that the place didn't go up in flames. I remember uh, we were talking, the guy there was kind of shady or sketchy or something. Crabby. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I remember. I remember he had like black hair. I don't know. This is a long time ago. It is. I had that odor of a used bookstore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The place did have this used bookstore, you know. Paperback uh, uh, odor, but he'd keep an eye on you. I'd walk in there, and he'd uh, he was uh, watching me uh, there. One of my favorite photos in the book is of this car. I don't know what kind of car, but with the, with the hood up, uh, and with the th- uh, three little kids on a tricycle. Uh, and what in photography they say there's a decisive moment when you have to know when to shoot the picture. Uh, I mean, this is a great moment with the kids on the bike and the tricycle right next to the broken down car. I see the uh, there's a jack. They're changing the tire. Someone's <laughs> trying to change the tire, but there's not a person in there. You can't see them changing the tire. The the trunk is up and stuff. And the tricycle is missing a tire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a fantastic picture. It's a long time ago. Were you just walking by, or? Uh, yeah, it it was right real close to where where I lived, and uh, there are actually the children. Um, uh, you see the mother and the three children on one of the other pages, uh-huh. uh, and and they're playing out there. They wanted to get out of Clark Street. They were ready to move, go south or somewhere, and. Uh, so if they ever got their car fixed, uh, uh, they were they were planning on leaving. Was it tough to take pictures of uh, people like there's a couple uh, of people passed uh, out? It seemed like Sunday morning or uh, or even Saturday morning, I would walk down there and they, people were littered all over the street, if that's the right word, littered. Uh, but they were passed out from drinking and. Uh, uh, right, I, I did. What, what would make you want to take a picture like that? Well. It, of someone passed out, uh, uh, right? Uh, um, I because it was part of the of, of what the neighborhood was like. It was it was all part of it, and trying to get the pieces of the neighborhood and and fit them together and put them in the book. So it was definitely a big part of of, of that. It gives you a feeling of. You know, well, there were bars all over the place, both sides of the street, yeah. and in the middle of the block were bars. And one of them had uh, had a sign, uh, on, I guess, on Ontario Street. I, I forget it, the Queen's Paradise or something. And it, you you take Ontario to get to the expressway, and, and a big sign in the liquor store. This is your last stop before the. Expressway. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a great book. Thank oh, you guys uh, so much for so much for coming down. Well, thank you. For it's good. To Thank see you. You, you used to have a book release party. At we- I know those guys at Ouija's up on the, uh, on the northwest side. You used to have a book release party there. Uh, they were big Ouija fans uh-huh. of the photographer from New York. 
That'd I'll, be a good play. I'll, I'll, have, I'll to, have to hook you guys up with them. Yeah, please. Or Dorians. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks so much, you guys. Right. Don DeSante, a very handsome book. You did a very good yeah, job. Thank and you. Tom Palazzolo, uh, people got to find this book. All right. Okay? I hope so. All right. I'm sure it'll be picked up. Uh, if if they'll ever a- answer our emails, the uh, some of the bookstores uh, will will pick it up. All right, thanks so much. Thanks, Ro Coleman. Thanks, Ro, and uh, we'll see you again. And thanks for listening to Nocturnal Journal tonight on WGN.